You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. Well, church, it has been an incredible kickoff to our 10 years of ministry together. You guys been having fun the last couple of weeks? Four of you have been having fun the last couple of weeks. Wow. It takes a lot to impress you guys, I guess. A lot to, you guys, we just spoiled. And um, Pastor Greg last week picked on us for dragging out the anniversary for three weeks. Well, um, he was wrong. We're actually dragging out for four weeks. So this today is the last. I actually kind of felt like I uh, had not had the opportunity yet to speak into this whole idea of, of exponential, you know, as we move into our next, our next, or the next 10 uh, you know, I genuinely believe we're entering our exponential years. So you, come on, church, amen? God is a God of multiplication. Do you believe it? God is a God of multiplication. God, we add, we can do addition. God does multiplication. God, God works through multiplication. You, you could take some fish and loaves and share it with your family. Jesus can take fish and loaves and, and feed the whole city. Come on, he could, he could feed the village. He, he, could, he, could reach the, he could reach the state. He could, he could touch the nation. See, God says, if you would let me, I'll, I'll multiply, I'll multiply. And we believe God's the God of multiplication. And so we're entering into those exponential years where I believe we're going to see God multiply in our midst. It's just his character. It's what he does. And so the last couple of weeks have been moving us in that direction. So the first week we had the, the we premiered our documentary. And I hope you guys had the chance to watch that. And I hope it was so encouraging. If you missed it, catch it online. And what we wanted you to catch in that is what, what happens, what God can do with the yes. Like when you say yes to God, you, God can do more with your yes than you could ever possibly imagine. And that's what we wanted to capture in that, in that documentary. And then come on, everybody. We had Pastor Levi Lusco with us two weeks ago and just brought an incredible word. We, Pastor Levi and I were talking. Levi and I were talking a whole lot leading up to the 10-year anniversary about how, for us as a church, how I just wanted to posture us in a way where we were leaning into God's presence, just staying close to Jesus. You know, it's our job. Follow Jesus. Just stay close to him and prioritizing his presence over any kind of pressure, anything else in our life. And, and Levi did such a great job. Last week, we had Pastor Greg Surratt with us in the house. Come on. Like we had the patriarch himself. I hope you guys enjoyed Pastor Greg and the whole idea there was that as we set out in the next 10, God is going to bless. It is his character. He is a God who loves to bless. But you also need to know that there's a season of blessing, but there's also going to be some, there's some hard things we need to walk through. But what God does is he uses the hard things to tee you up for the best things. Amen? As Pastor Greg talked about uh, a lot of that. But here's what I want to do today. I want to help you understand something about, about who God is, that God is going to do far more than we could ever possibly imagine. He's the God of the promise, amen? But God is also the God, he's, I'm not, maybe not going to like this, but I just really feel like I need to speak this into our church's life. I need you to understand, I need you to understand this for yourself. That God is the God of the promise, but he's also the God of, of, of the process. Oh, I knew it. Come on. I, I, I knew I wasn't going to get an amen and I knew you weren't going to, but he's the God of the process. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me over to 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel chapter 5. When you're there, say there. Anyone there? Who's there? Come on, church, get your Bibles. I want to hear pages ruffling. 
If you're there, say there. Okay. Second Samuel chapter 5. And here's what it says. It says, Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and spoke, saying, Indeed, we are bone, we are your bone and your flesh. Also, in time past, when Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel out and brought them in. And the Lord said to you, David, you shall shepherd my people Israel and be ruler over Israel. Therefore, all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord. And they anointed David king over Israel. They installed him as king over Israel. Now, listen to what it says, verse 4. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for 40 years. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for 40 years. What, what, why is that there? Why, why is that so important? Here's why it's important. It's because we're, we're reading here about the installation of King David into the kingdom. But what you need to understand is that before this moment of promise, where he actually stepped into the promise, there was a moment where God gave him the promise. See, you're reading 2 Samuel 5, but you got to understand before David stood and was brought in and, and as king, there was the promise that he would become king. Come with me back here. Okay? This is, this is Samuel, 1 Samuel now. Samuel's being asked by God to go and anoint a new king for, for, for Israel. And God tells Samuel that this king is going to come out of the house of Jesse. Come on, how many remember this story? And so King Samuel, or the prophet Samuel, shows up to Jesse's house. He says, Jesse, uh, God has sent me here today to anoint a, to anoint a new king over, over Israel. And Jesse's all excited, of course. There's a, there's a king in his, in his family. There's a king amongst his boys. And so he starts bringing out, bringing out his boys. He, he brings out his oldest, and his oldest, a tall, strapping young man. And everyone says, oh, this has got to be the new king. And he brings him out before Samuel. And Samuel's like, no, this is not, 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 God said, you're not it. And it keeps going down. And he goes down through like seven different of his children that come up before Samuel. He says, no, that's not it. And Samuel's like, okay, is there anybody else? Because God told me, I, I checked the address. I think I have the right address. God told me to come here. Something's, but God keeps saying, no, is there anybody else? And Jesse, Jesse goes, well, now you don't read it like this in scripture, but I think this is what Jesse said. Jesse went, well, I do have one other son. But, and it literally says this, but he's out. He's out with a sheep. He's, he's, he's little. He's ruddy. He's, he's the youngest. He's out with the sheep. And, and Samuel said, go get him. They bring in David before Samuel. And the Lord says, this is the one. And Samuel anoints him king pours oil on him in that moment. In that moment, listen, he receives the anointing. In that moment, there is oil of anointing dripping down his beard. He smells like the anointing of God. He's 15 years old. Did you hear me? He's 15 years old. 
And he has a promise of God on his life. He has an anointing of God on his life. God said, you are going to be king of, of, of Israel. But between this moment and that moment, there's a gap. And what I want to talk to you about today is that our God, do you want a message title? God of the gap. Come on. Your God is the God of the gap. And you need to understand that God is not only the God of the promise, God is the God of the process. God is not only the God of the goal, God is the God of, of, of the gap. Like God is with you in the gap. How many of you got a little gap in your life today? Come on, you got a gap. You've got something you believe God spoke into your heart, maybe something God, God showed you in your life, but here you are in a time of waiting. Matter of fact, I think anybody who um, has vision for their, has vision, like God has given you vision, you're going to live in a time of waiting. Matter of, that's, the, that's the kind of the definition of vision, is it's, it's, it's a not yet thing. So if you don't, if, you, if you're not, I'll say it this way, if you're not living in a gap, you're probably not dreaming God-sized dreams. Because when you're dreaming God-sized dreams, you're always going to find yourself in a gap, you see, because if I'm dreaming God-sized dreams, what that means is that the things that are not yet, the things that are not here yet, it's, it's the vision of what could be versus the reality of where I am. And some of us who dream dreams and feel like God has spoken to our lives, are, well, you're always, all of us who dream dreams and, and hear God speaking to our hearts and, and in our lives and are always going to be in a gap. You always at some point, and for some season, are going to live there. Tatum and I um, went to, had a layover in England. And, and we were supposed to take the next plane out, but it was canceled. And all this ended up, we got like a 10-hour layover in England. And we're like, we are going to take advantage of, of this. And so we went from the airport down to like the center of England, and we rode the train, Okay. And if you've ever had the opportunity to ride the train in England, uh, you're, you're gonna you're, to go to England. You're gonna you're gonna quickly notice how they love to ride on the floor. Like there's just riding everywhere. It's really cool, right? And, and right before you step on the on the train, there's this big sign on the floor that says this. Do you know what it says? Anyone know what it says? It says, "Mind the gap." Matter of fact, as the train is getting ready to come in, there's an announcer, uh, it'll be a guy or a gal that'll get on and go, mind the gap, mind the gap, and it'll come in, mind the gap, and, you, and, and what, here's what they're saying, it's like, hey everybody, you're about to go on a journey, we got this, we got this train, there's a destination in mind, but, but if you're going to get there safely, we need you to pay attention in the gap, don't trip in the gap, don't get stuck in the gap, like, you need to know that there's a, a gap, you need to, someone say, mind the gap, you got to mind the gap, and I think it's a... It's a truth that we often don't like to talk about. It's something that we don't always hear messages preached on. Because we want to talk about the now and the, the goal. We, we think God's working when I get the thing. But I need you to understand God is working while you're moving toward the thing. Amen? Because he's the God. He's the God of the, of, of the gap. That's what we see in David's life. Steps into the kingdom at the age of 30, anointed king at the age of 15. And between 15 and 30, God was working in the gap. And it's not just in David's life. You see it everywhere. Abraham and Sarah are promised a child, but they wait 25 years before they ever had that child. 
Joseph was given a vision of the future. Remember this one with Joseph? Of his brothers bowing down before him and him ruling. He shared it with his brothers. Probably wasn't a great idea because they beat him up and threw him in a pit. Remember that? And then, and then he sold into slavery. And again, it's like 15 to 18 years between when God gave him the vision and God actually moved him to be second in command of, of, of all of, of, of the region. And then his brothers come to him because there's a famine asking him for bread. Do you remember this story? And what does he say? He says, what, what the enemy intended for evil or what you intended for evil, God meant for good. What is he saying? He's saying, you guys, you guys thought you threw me into a wilderness, but God was using the wilderness to get me to this place. You see, God knew what he was doing. God put, you thought you, thought you were thwarting God's plan, but actually you were just falling right into God's hand. You see, God was, God was working in this gap. See, God, because God intended some good things to happen. And, and do you remember, do you remember the process for him? There's the promise, but do you remember the process? Come on, the process, well, we already know. We just talked about it. There was a pit. But there was also prison. He was forgotten about in prison. So Joseph gets to the palace, how? By way of the pit and the prison. There's a message for you. Come on, we could preach that. From the pit to the palace. From the prison to the palace. How does God move in your life? It's not always how you would plan it. It's not how you would script it. Oh, come on, and you try it all the time. And here's what you do. Is you go, God, you gave me the promise, and here's what we're gonna do. God, you gave me the promise, and now I'm gonna give you the plan. (laughs) Do you do that? God, I see the promise, and Lord, here's what you need to do. If you're gonna be faithful to your promise, you better do this right here, because if you don't do this right here, I'm not gonna get to that right there. And you got all these plans. I think that God just goes, oh. So your job isn't to create the plan, it's to trust God with the process, just to keep walking with God in, in, in the midst of it. Where's your gap today? Where's your gap today? What, what are the dreams you have in, 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 your, in your life today? I, I promise you, God's going to give you promise, but he's also going to give you process. There's going to be a time of waiting, everything. Like Jesus tells his disciples before he ascends to heaven, he says, listen, here's a promise. Spirit of God is going to come upon you. He's going he's to give you dunamis power to go and be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, and other most parts of the world. Okay, Jesus, let's do it. What's he say? Here's the plan. I want you to wait in Jerusalem. He says they went and they waited for seven days until Pentecost. Just waiting. Wait. I need you to understand today that God is with you in the waiting. God is working in the waiting. Your life is going to have a gap, and God is with you in the gap. But before you understand the gap, you're going to misinterpret the gap. Let me help you with this. Before you understand that God works in the gap, you misinterpret the gap. How do we do that? Come on, how have you interpreted the gap in your life? If you're like me, you interpret the gap like this. God's abandoned me. God has left me. God's forgotten about me. He's blessing everyone else but me. You've been there before? And then you start going, well, maybe it's because maybe that, and maybe that, and and you just start, you start, you you start losing hope in the gap. You start giving up in the gap. Come on, you you grow weary in the gap. You grow, you grow tired in the gap because, because, you know, God, like, I, I thought you loved me. You know what we're, what we're living in now as a church where we are now as a church is not where we're going to end up being as a church. God's still got more for us, right? There's still other markers. Some say markers. That's important. I'm sure. I think God gives us markers in life. Like, 
There's a, like, he lets you see something in life. Like, well, where we are now once just was a marker. Like, I, I'm living in Orange County, knowing God's calling us out, and, and I saw that. What we're living in now, we saw in our hearts. Like, we, we genuinely believe that God was going to do something special and powerful in the empire. We, we saw teams. We saw people. We just, we, we believed it was a promise in our life. And we stepped out. And I walked with so much, I had so much faith. Nothing could shake me. I didn't doubt the whole way. Every step, I knew exactly what God was going to do. I called it before it got there. Nothing threw me for a loop because I'm a pastor of a church, everybody. I got that kind of faith. I got all the way over here and I went, see, I knew it. No, no, that's not what happened, everybody. Can take it back. <laughs> we literally moved to Redlands because we felt like God said, go to Redlands. We moved to Redlands. We woke up the next day and went, what did we just do? We lit. What did we do? I don't have a job. I gotta find a job. We're like we're living off our savings. We are we are so stupid. What are we doing? And Tatum's crying, and I'm trying to encourage her, but I don't know how to encourage her because I just I just, so my mom's coming over and bringing grapes. That was like my mom would bring us grapes. Like she's I love like green red grapes, and was eating grapes and crying, and like, God, why did you do this to us? I, I don't know. And we're just, I'm just like so much doubt and so much insecurity, and, and just, and at the bottom of all of it, no matter how deep my doubt was, God's grace was still yet deeper. He still sustained me. He, he gave me just enough strength to take another step. Oh, God, now what are you going to do? And, and then he would give me enough grace to take another step. And here's what starts happening is you start seeing how faithful God is in that season. And you go, oh, God, you're going to do it again, aren't you? And you just start to trust him. You see? And I, I just need you to understand, friends, it's, it's not always pretty, but it's always covered by promise. You see, there's process, there's process, there's process, and you've got to mind the gap while you're in the gap so you don't trip in the gap, you don't get stuck in the gap. I want you to understand a couple things about the gap. What happens in the gap? Why is there a gap? Well, sometimes there's a gap, and here's where we take some notes, ready? Sometimes there's a gap because of God's timing. It's God's timing. Here's what it says in Ecclesiastes, it says this. It says there is a time, a time, time. There's a time. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. God says there's a time, there's a season. What happens in one season won't happen in the other season. And what, what you need, uh, to, what you think you need to see God do now is actually God won't do now because he's not, he doesn't intend to do it now. He intends to do it then. You need it then, not now, you see? Let, let me show you, watch what it says also Next verse, First Peter says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may lift you up. We would just like to stop there. Humble yourself on the side of the Lord, that he may lift you up. Actually, we have worship songs like that. But no one likes to talk about the next part of the verse. In due time. God said, I'm going to lift you up. But when it doesn't happen now, it doesn't happen tomorrow, you're like, God, I thought you made a promise. And God goes, I did make a promise, but it's in due time. You see, there's time. How many of you have heard, they said, timing is everything. Timing is everything, and it is in, in lots of things. Timing is everything. Cooking. Like, you got to have, like, there's timing in cooking. When Tatum and I first got married, we'd invite guests over to our house, and we had no idea about this whole timing of cooking thing, right? So she would tell me, your job is to go out and, and get the, get the, uh, chicken, marinate the chicken and get it all ready, right? And I'd go out and do my job and get it all ready. I'd come in the house and, and Tatum is still, she's still cooking the potatoes. 
Like, we're going to have chicken and mashed potatoes. But, but she's, like, she's still 25 minutes away from the mashed potatoes being done. And, and so I would sit and I would do that and cook chicken. And now we got, go to dinner and we got like, like lukewarm chicken. And, and potatoes are never hot. Let's just be honest. Like, like seconds later, they're like dying out already, you know? And we get it the other way around where I'm like, okay, we're going to nail it this time, right? You get, the, you get the potatoes, but she finishes them before me, and then I get my chicken, and it's like cold. Everything's just cold. Everything's all, then you want to throw it in the microwave, but you can't because when you throw it in the microwave, it comes out all like rubbery and nasty. It's not the same. It's not the same when it's just like right off the grill. But I, can I tell you, we've been married for 26 years. We've been having people over. We got the timing down. You come to our house, we're going to have the bread out before. Tatum's famous cheese bread. I'm telling you. And it's so good, and it, just the timing, everything comes out right, and it's, it's, it's right, you see. How many of you have, have seen the Disneyland fireworks show? Come on, let me see your hands. Come on, you've been to Disneyland, in Southern California, you've been to Disneyland. It's, it's incredible until it's over, and then you're jam-packed like a bunch of sardines on Main Street wondering, how are we going to get out of this place? They're throwing snow in the air. People are crying and everything else. Can, listen, can I tell you that? When you look around, do this next time, and people are watching. Oh, people, it's just like emotional and it's drawing you. They do such a good time, job. But can I tell you why it's so emotional? Why? Because there's timing involved in everything. See, you can have the right size firework, the right color, the right, but if it's at the wrong time, it's chaotic. If it was just fireworks and then the music and nothing's going together, and you, you just, it, it, what could be so what could be so beautiful is actually a mess because it's not the right time. Time. You could have the right thing at the wrong time, and it becomes a wrong thing. What could end up becoming a masterpiece actually is a disaster because you're trying to rush it when God says, hold it. You're trying to make it when God says, wait for it. You see, he sees, he sees, he, he knows, and, and he knows that all things are beautiful in their right. Some would say time, time, time. You see, sometimes it's a matter of time, and God directs our lives, and he's going to do it in the context of time. You want to see God microwave everything. Come on, Right? We are in our microwave, pull up, order it, it's done kind of society, and you want to just see God. Matter of fact, here's what, here's what I think happens in, in, in Christendom today. We actually think that God working means that, you know, God is working when I get the provision. God is working when there, there is a breakthrough. God is working when there, there is the healing. God is working when there is, and there's something I could point to. There's something, there's that Instagrammable moment we could show everybody and say, look what God has done, as though that's the moment God worked. You're right, God did work there. And, and God can do whatever he wants to do overnight. God could do it right now if he wants to. But often God doesn't do that. He does this. And here's what I want you to understand is that God working is not just that. God working is this. Can I tell you what God is doing right now? He's working. Well, he hasn't, he hasn't done that. Well, yeah, it's because he's doing this. Doing what? Well, he's, he's doing all things in their time. You see, if you, if you had that now, 
it wouldn't be right right now. Oh, I haven't met the guy yet. I haven't met the girl yet. I, I haven't got the promotion yet. I haven't got the job yet. I haven't been able to this yet or, or that yet. And, and, and here's what you're going to do is you're going to start to go, oh, God, I'm just, I'm, it's all getting messed up. And it's all, and, it's all, and God's going, no, 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 it's more, it's, it's more brilliant than you could ever imagine. It's more beautiful than you could ever imagine. I just need you to be patient. I need you to wait for me. I need you to trust me. I need you to know that I'm with you and I'm working in the gap. You see, I'm the God of the gap. I was with David from 15 to 30. I was with David when he was back with the sheep. I was with David when he was in the cave. You see, I was, with, I was preparing him. I was timing him. I was, come on. And he said, I'm doing it in your life. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm making all things beautiful in their right time. I'm building you. And if you don't understand that, you're going to lose hope. We want God to microwave everything. But God loves some crock pot cooking, everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just want to hit the boop, 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 bing. And God's like, no, we're going to start in the morning and going to go all day. We're going to start in this season and we're going to end this. And I, I don't care how good you think your hungry man meal, frozen, whatever is. It's always better when it's out of the crock pot. Amen. It just, and God says, you could have that, but I want to give you this. Come on, just trust me. Let me, because sometimes it's, it's about, someone say timing, 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 timing. You're not going to like this one, but you need to understand, we need to understand as a church, like God is going to do more than we could ever imagine. God is, right? He's the God of the promise. There's still more in the next 10. There's still more in your life. Sometimes it's about timing. Sometimes it's also about, write this one down, testing. Testing. Here's what it says in the book of James. Scripture talks about the fact that God tests our faith. And here's what it says. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. He, he says to those he's writing to, James says, listen, I want you to understand something. Your faith is going to be tested, and that testing is going to produce. So when we, you and I think of testing, we often think of you know, a, a teacher passing out the exam, and what the teacher is doing is testing you to see what's inside of you. I, wanna, I want you to prove to me what you know. I want to see that you know the answers, and we're going to give out the tests, and we're going to and, and see how you do, pass or fail. Come on, that's, that's a test. And when you think about sometimes God testing us, you hear me say God tests us. Scripture says God tests us. You think, okay, there's an exam, and I got I to gotta pass the exam, you know, to get out of this season, to get into the next season. So there's, a, there's an exam, and I got to take it, and God's sitting there in heaven going, oh, let's see if you really got this. But that's not the picture. The testing here, he says that it's the testing of your faith that it might produce. It's a testing that produces. It's a little bit more like exercise. I don't like exercise. I'm just going to be straight with you. But my son does, Elias. He's been, he's been hitting the gym, uh, I mean, I think four or five, five times a week now. And so he's going to the gym, and he's exercising, and he's getting stronger, like quickly. But you know how he's gaining muscle? It's because when he goes to the gym, he, there's, there's, he puts weights on, and there's, there's, there's this testing, this stretching, this 
come on, this, this pressure that's put on it. Matter of fact, it, it, there's, there's tearing and there's, come on, there's testing on his, on his muscles. If he's ever going to get stronger, he's going to have to work it. He's going to have to stretch it. He's going to have to strain it a little bit. There's going to have to be some testing. And here's what God says is, I want to grow you in this season so that you have everything you need for the next season. But in order to grow you in this season, there's going to be some testing in this season. What is the testing? It's the testing of your faith. What's your faith? Follow me. Your faith is your ability to trust and rely upon, turn to God, just to lean in God. And so what happens in a season of waiting, what happens in a season of gap, is there is this pressure put on your faith, this pre- the testing of your faith. It's saying to you and your faith, hey, are you going to keep resting in God? Are you going to keep trusting God? Are you going to keep relying on God, even though you're not seeing what it is you think you need to see? Are you still going to trust on him in the midst of, midst of it, even though you can't see? Are, are, you going to, are you going to trust? Everybody follow me? So there's this pressure put on us. And the testing of our faith is going to produce. Produce what? The testing of your faith produces Patience. <laughs> what? God, are you going to put me through all this just to make me patient? God, are you going you're to keep the gap there so that I learn to be patient in the gap? God's like, absolutely, yeah, because you see what patience is. Watch this. Patience is your ability to endure. Patience is your ability to keep on keeping on even when it feels like you can't keep on. You see, patience is your ability, come on, to go further, to go farther. Patience is your ability to reach higher. It it expands your ability to accomplish more. You see, patience just starts to grow you and stretch you to places that you could have never gotten to without a little bit of testing, a little bit of pressure. You guys with me so far? So sometimes the, the gap is about timing. But sometimes the gap, and often the gap, is about, is about testing. It's, it's growing you and it's strengthening you that you might be patient. In other words, you get to a place in your life where you go, God, I don't get it all. I don't understand it all, but I'm going to trust you with it all. I'm going to worship you in the midst of it all. God, I, listen, you're, you're good, God, no matter what. <laughs> I've grown up. Let the patience have its perfect work in you that you might be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That, that your, your translation might say, let patience have its perfect work in you that you'll be mature. Because it's just maturity. Maturity is, God, whether it's a good day, bad day, it's going my way or not. Maturity just says, I still trust you. Your character hasn't changed. You still are good. You still are God. You, you, your promise is, is, is certain. It's upon my life. God, I, God I'm just going to trust. You see, patience, it, it, our maturity is just the spot where I go, remember what I told you? God, God I saw you work there, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you right here. I'm not there, but, but God, I've seen you move me forward. I'm just going to trust you with the process. You see, that's maturity. It's just this place that God wants to get us to. We think that the true work of God is, is the goal but the true work of God is, is in the gap. Can you with me? It's not just what he wants to do for me. We're so focused on that. God, what you want to do for me? God has, God's going to do that for me. God's going to do that for me. God's going to go, yeah, sure. But I am so much more concerned about what I'm going to do in you 
your character. Amen? Come on, church. Four of you are with me. Amen. But it's true. I mean, sometimes that's hard to, to process, but it's what God's doing. God is with me in the gap. Sometimes it's timing. Sometimes it's testing. But God is always growing me. Always. I can't tell you how many people think that David killed Goliath and then became king. Like a lot of people think that that's what happened. Like David just kills Goliath. They're like, yeah, David, you did such a good job. You're king. Yeah. But can we just go back? I just want you to see yourself maybe in David's story. David is anointed king. He smells like anointing. He's got anointing on his life. He, he knows that he's going to be king. And then what does he do next? Where does he go? Think about that for a second. Like, what did David do when Samuel left the house? And he's now going, I, I'm, I'm a, I got the promise of a kingdom on me. What did he do? Does anyone know what he did? Well, I know what he did because when Jesse goes to him and asks him to go he says to bring bread and cheese to his brothers. David was the first pizza delivery boy, everybody. He said, I want you to go bring some bread and cheese to your brothers who were out in the battlefield. Where was David? King David, he was with the sheep. So think about that. There's the party, everyone's celebrated, they anoint him with oil. Samuel goes home and David goes, I guess I'll go out to the sheep. And he goes back out there. He's king, got promise on his life. And what's he doing? He's being faithful. He's being faithful to what God showed him to do. He's being faithful to the last thing God told him to do. Just be a shepherd. Be a, watch the sheep. You know what happened when he was out there with the sheep? It says that one day a bear came, and God gave him the strength to overcome that bear. God, he took down the bear. He protected the sheep, and he, he did all this, and, and God taught him how to defend these the sheep. And so he learned that in this season, you see. He learned that in this season. And so when he went to go bring the bread and cheese to his brothers, and there's this Goliath breathing threats against the nation of Israel, David's like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? What is this all about? How dare you come up against the armies of God? And what did he say? He said, Saul, let me add him, because I, God will give me the ability to do to him what he gave me the ability to do to the bear. David had the faith that God would give him what he needed with Goliath because he watched God give it to him with the bear. If he didn't experience God and the bear, I don't know that he would have been able to step out and go bring on that Goliath. You see, he needed this. He couldn't skip this. He had to, he had to go back to this, learn in this, so he can stand in this. He needed it. And then, no, he didn't just become king. What happened after that? Saul's like, I'm going to keep you around me. Saul starts keeping around. But Saul says he's tormented by a, by a spirit, and he's, he's, throwing, he's throwing javelins at, at King David, spears at, at David. David's playing the harp, trying to get him to calm down. and says to get him to rest. But eventually what happened is David is now out running from Saul for his life going from cave to cave to cave to cave. Guys, he's anointed king. He's got God's promise on his life, but where is he? In a cave. God continues to work in his life, and eventually we get to 2 Samuel 5, where he's brought in as king. But can I tell you something? David was a great king of the sheep of Israel, so to speak. 
because he was a great shepherd of actual sheep. He knew how to do this because he knew how to do that. Do you follow me? He was able to trust God with the kingdom. That's a big deal. Amen? How was he able to trust God with the kingdom? Because he learned to trust God in the cave when he was running from Saul and he was, he was just, you know, out there just working through all of it. God providing for him everything he needed and in just the weirdest, mysterious ways. Remember, David's in the cave, and he doesn't have an army of any kind. How's he ever going to be, be a king? He doesn't, but then all of a sudden, all these misfits who are getting in trouble from all these different towns are coming out to him at the, at the cave. And, and all of a sudden, David's surrounded by all of these people who are kind of troublemakers and out of this place and that place who don't really fit anywhere. And all of a sudden, he's surrounded by all these people, and they call him David's mighty men. And God was building that in him, that humility and leadership and everything that he would need for the moment that he stepped into the kingdom. So friends, listen to me. God does not waste a moment. Oh, I know you think and, you, and you've convinced yourself and the enemy's whispering to you that God's forgotten about you and that you're off track and you're off course and he's not gonna do it and, and maybe you need to and, not a, and I know that, but here's what you need to understand is though God is working and he is with you and he, he's, he's doing in you now and preparing in you now the things you're gonna need in the season then and you gotta trust him with the now. Don't shortchange the now. Walk with God in the now. Trust him in the now. See, because you're in a gap. But God is working in the gap. God is working in the gap. Friends, don't make don't make Christianity out to be just a bunch of goals being achieved. Getting to that destination. Instagramming this moment. Don't, 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 don't boil it all down into these moments. Because see, friends, it's not just about the goal. It's about the walking with Jesus toward the goal. It's about walking with Jesus in the midst of the gap. This is most of Christianity. It's just simply walking with Jesus in the middle of the gap. Enjoying Jesus right now. The Bible says that God has given you everything you need for life and godliness. He says, I've given you Jesus, amen? And with Jesus, I will also give you everything you need for life and godliness. What's that mean? If he hasn't given it to me right now, then I must not need it right now. If he hasn't given it to me right now, then it isn't for me right now. And if it's not for me right now, I'm just gonna trust God with what he has given me right now. I'm gonna walk with him right now. I'm gonna stay in process. And here's what I wanna say really believe God, God gave me this for, for some of you today. Here's a word for you. Listen. You're successful already. Please hear that. Please hear that. Because you got a world around you that's going to define success by you achieving the goal, stepping into that ministry, finally meeting the person, finally stepping, finally, 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 finally being able to make the call. And say, did you hear what I've done? Did you hear where we're at now? Did you hear how many people are coming? Did you, did you hear about my new job? And did you hear? And everyone's gonna try to try to make it all about this, that this is success. This, you've, you've arrived. Congratulations that that's success. But that's not, that's not how God defines success. 
That's how you and I define success. That's how the world around us defines success. It's, it's numbers and achievements and, and, and goals. And, but God says, no, that's not success. Do you, do you know in God's mind what success is? It's just walking with him every day and enjoying him in every moment. It's being faithful to God right now. That's success. Let me show it to you in Corinthians. Amen? Come on, I'll give you scripture. Here's what scripture says. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God. You're stewards of this thing God is doing on, the, on this planet. You're stewards of the gospel. This is moreover, it is required of a steward that one be found, what's it say? Faithful, 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 faithful. God, how do you just find success? God says, I need you just to be faithful. And I know there's people say, you're going to be faithful, you got to also be fruitful. Listen, God controls the fruitfulness. I just got to control the faithfulness. I just got to stay faithful, faithful. So here's what I need to ask you. Are you doing what God told you to do? Listen, what's the last thing he told you to do? Are you doing it with all your heart? Are you staying, are you remaining faithful? Listen to me, congratulations. You are he is smiling upon you. You are successful already. God is with you in the, in the gap. Man, he's close to you in this moment. You are, you are living in what he intends for you right now. Last story. You remember when the children of Israel were traveling out of Egypt and moving toward the promised land. And while they're in the wilderness, they needed water. Remember this? And you remember how God brought them water? God, God says, uh, Moses, I need you to go speak to the rock. So Moses goes and he speaks to the rock. And God is miraculously brings water out of the rock. And all the children of Israel are, are just celebrating all that God has done and God is good, and he's always providing. Well, you move forward in the story, and the children of Israel are once again in a spot where they need water. And so God does the same thing. He says, Mo Moses, I, I want you to speak to the rock. He doesn't speak to the rock. And he goes, and, and this time, because he's angry with the children of Israel, and he's a little frustrated, it says that he strikes the rock. He strikes the rock. Now, I want you to see this. He strikes the rock, and water starts flowing out of the rock. God told him, speak to the rock, but he doesn't speak to the rock. He strikes the rock. And God in his grace goes, oh, you know what? You didn't do exactly what I told you to do, but I'm still going to be faithful. And God brings the water. Children of Israel, watch, are celebrating what they think is a victory. Good job, Moses. You did it. Yeah, because it looks good. It's a great Instagrammable moment. Everybody showed up, and God is moving. The water's flowing. But God says, Pulled him aside. Come on, you know the story. Moses, what did I tell you to do? God, you told me to speak to the rock. What'd you do? You struck the rock. What was God after? God just wanted faithfulness. Just do what I've asked you to do. And be faithful to what I've put in front of you to do. And if you're just faithful to do what I've called you to do, then God is pleased already. Like you, you are successful in God's eyes already. What is success in the eyes of man is not a success in the eyes of God. And it was because 
Moses was not faithful to speak to the rock and struck the rock instead that he wasn't he was not allowed then into the promised land he locked himself out of potential because he just wasn't willing to remain someone say faithful remain faithful remain faithful just remain faithful and enjoy it everybody just just look around and go not not just Go, well, God, I'm waiting for you to do this, and I'm waiting for you to do that. How about you go, thank you, God, for doing this, and thank you, God, for just be thankful for what God's doing right now in the gap while you're waiting to get to the goal. Is that helpful, everybody? So as a church, as we move forward, what do we do? We just remain faithful. God, we just stay close. Oh, we got goals. And we're in a gap. Man, there's a gap between the people we have seen come to Jesus and the thousands more we're going to see come to know Jesus. There's a gap between, you know, where we are now and the campuses we're going to plant and the college we're going to start. And, and there's, there's, there's a gap. There's a gap. There's a gap. But you know what? It isn't just about the goals. It's just about getting there. It's about walking with Jesus toward there, being faithful to him and everything he's already given us in Jesus' name. So come on. Just enjoy the journey with Jesus. Amen? Because he's the God of the promise, but he's also the God of the process. Enjoy Jesus in the process. Amen, church? Come on, would you pray with me? God, we love you. And we thank you. God, it gets hard sometimes in the, in the process because our hearts ache they ache for the goal, they ache for the, the destination, they ache, God, for that moment. But God, today, we just ask that you help us once again to find joy in you, just walking with you in the midst of this moment. God, to, to look around and, and be grateful for what you've already done. Oh God, we're not gonna stop dreaming, but God, we also don't want to stop just relying and walking with you every single day. But this is the day that the Lord has made. This day. God, we, we will rejoice and be glad in it. This day, right now. So God, we thank you. We thank you for the season of, of sheep. We thank you for the season of caves. Because you're with us. And you're working. So we commit ourselves, God, as a church people. God, just keep taking steps forward. Remain faithful to you in the process. You know, listen, I, I think there's some of us in here today that, that just need to recommit ourselves to just enjoying the journey with Jesus, to staying in the process, not to mind, to mind the gap. Um, would you just take a moment with Jesus right now, this moment? Just recommit yourself. God, I trust you keep walking with you. I think some of us have been holding on to dreams so tightly that we've made them more important than surrender to God in this moment. Like we just, we're, we're holding on to what we want to see happen so tightly that we've almost idolized it. And, and God says, just, just, some of us need to maybe trust God with our dreams enough to release our dreams to God. God, I, I trust you with it. Your timing, your way. I'm just going to keep walking with you. 
there's others of you in here today that you, your next step is actually your first step. You need to say yes to Jesus. Some of you have never done that. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. The Bible says that, that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. And the wages of that sin is death. Literally meaning in Scripture, it's a, it's a separation from God in the here and now. And one that will last for all eternity if it's not dealt with in the here and now. Some of you have never said yes to Jesus. You've never had your sin dealt with. Well, Jesus came to earth and went to the cross and on that cross took upon himself everything you deserve for your sin so you could be forgiven of your sin and Jesus today wants to forgive you to wash you to cleanse you and to bring you back into relationship with him your job listen what we do is we repent the Bible calls us to repent what's that mean it means to to change directions you once were walking one way running from God and toward the world and now God says I want you to turn from the world and back toward me. And some of you need to do that today. You need to say yes to Jesus. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that right now in this moment, to have Jesus come in and touch and change your life forever. So if you want to say yes to Jesus, to be anchored in heaven, here's your moment. Let me pray. I'm going to give you the words. Just have this conversation with God. Here's what you say. Say, God, I'm going to tell him, say, God, I thank you that you love me right where I am, but I know that you've got more for me. And so today, I choose to surrender my life to you. I thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross, taking upon yourself what I deserve for my sin. Would you forgive me today? Would you wash me, cleanse me? And I thank you, Jesus, for rising from the grave to lead me into life. Would you fill me with your spirit and help me to walk with you all the days of my life. Come on, tell him, say, be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone agreed together and said a good hearty. Come on, church, amen. Come on, let's celebrate with each and every one that made that decision today. Come on, church. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us.